0: all right good afternoon team welcome to the march edition of the men's mission brief here at soul refiner man i am honored today to have my good friend cliff with me uh cliff is a longtime conquer leader warpath leader Uh, um he's been a a mentor accountability partner for me and uh, i'm just so happy cliff welcome man good to see you
1: sam lamar it's a it's a real pleasure and uh gift for me to be here at the studios and uh see all you guys again and be able to share and receive
0: (laughs) amen you know it 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 always helps us uh to continue to 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 further our own recovery whenever we can help somebody else figure theirs out And, and and even if they're a little bit ahead of us or right alongside us or maybe just a couple of yards behind us um it can only help us whenever we're helping or working with somebody else and, and being honored to walk alongside. And so thank you, Cliff. Uh, and thank you for the men that are joining all over. Folks, let's go ahead and get that chat uh, warmed up here. I just want to see where everybody's coming in from. You don't have to put in your name. You don't have to put in. There's no icebreaker here. You know, if you want to say something about your current state, that's great. But uh, there's no requirement there. But I just love to know where around the world are the men you know dialing in uh, from. And so right away, we have Seattle, Washington. Uh, that's about diametrically opposed to us within the continental United States and so we're down here in Stuart Florida uh, we have Belgium already Bart it's got to be you um Lincoln Nebraska this is awesome man so uh Michigan uh, Alan great to, to to see you there as well um but I just want to go ahead and bathe this in prayer first and that way we get situated correctly because none of this works without Jesus Christ at the center of it no matter what kind of behaviors we try to uh, I guess, subscribe to no matter what kind of faith basis, you know, or or faith in something that is just written, that's man-made. None of that jives unless Jesus is right there smack dab in the center. He wants this for us. He only exposes us because he loves us and he wants to heal us. And so, Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these men all over the world that are dialing in. Um, Thank you for Cliff. God, thank you just for this, this incredibly difficult topic. Lord, in, in so many ways, we thank you for the air quotes affliction, uh, for the for the sin that brought us to the foot of the cross. And God, I would never ask anybody to go through this. I would never wish it on anybody. But Lord, I have to say that I can't imagine my life without what you did in rescuing me from, from sexual sin and sexual stronghold. And, and Lord, the redemptive nature that you've given all the relationships in my life, uh, so, Lord, we hand over not just our lives to you, this next hour uh, and all the relationships that we share in this community of other men. then so your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, today is super straightforward. This is all about Q&As. We have a few of them that are already lined up here. Uh, Cliff and I have been talking about these for a couple of days now. I'm super stoked about it. Uh, but before we get going with our questions and answers, I just want to mention, and the women were on fire this morning. Um, they had the Lady Sanctuary at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, for all you gentlemen that, uh, that may not know it, uh, go take a look at some of the old archives. Uh, we ask that you don't join the live um, presentation of the lady Sanctuary just because we want to give the ladies a safe spot to land uh, as they go through a lot of their stuff. But uh, my wife and Carissa just really took off today and launched into questions and answers um, that I, I think really showed the character not just of Christ, but also what he's able to do in some of these women, and I, I'm just so thrilled with it. Take some time. Go look at the at the recording sometime this weekend if you can, and I think you'll just be blessed by it and also give you some insight into what these ladies are thinking and feeling, um, and so Cliff, man, let, let's jump right in here. I want to go straight to this question, um, and, and it, it's really up front how do I overcome the fear of rejection and anxiety of saying or doing something that will sabotage a planned time that me and my wife have to be intimate. And he's working on overcoming being passive. So the question comes to us from North Carolina.
1: That's a good question. Uh, I myself have experienced this. Um, When, uh, when you, you realize that perfect love casts out fear and you realize that God wants that relationship to blossom and to to have that unity and intimacy between you and your wife um you kind of the other things the fear and the doubts and you know memories of past mess ups kind of pale in comparison to the the real purpose of getting together uh for a planned intimacy which is to share yourself with the other person and to uh Not only delight yourself in them but to um be there for them uh to show up um so just got to relax and and uh the times in between those planned uh intimacy events uh that's where you minimize the fear and resentment by continuing to pour into her um emotionally and relationally um by, by loving her in between those and um and continue to grow in purity. We get our shame and guilt out of the way, and we could be there for them.
0: Oh, amen. I'm such a huge believer in how do we color in the middle? In, in some ways, it really is the middle. It's the times in between our, our periods of physical intimacy that, that we truly need to cultivate that relationship and allow Christ to be at the center of us. You mentioned the emotional piece and the relational piece. Um, I submit that the only way we get that is when we have a shared level of spirituality together. We are not not just doing our own thing in terms of Bible study, but that we are also um, together getting into the word, talking about the word, talking about what Jesus is saying to us individually, working through all that um, as a couple And then out of the overflow of that, do we get that good emotional sense of, man, here's how I should be always thinking about that other person first. Um, So that safety that we can build in between those periods of physical intimacy through both spiritual and emotional togetherness and connectedness, I think that that truly gives us an opportunity um, to connect in a physical way that has nothing at all to do with ourselves. There's no expectation that we're going to get Um, some level of satisfaction out of it. We are there strictly because we feel so close to that person that we look to consummate our our relationship, we look to consummate ourselves physically. And I think there's really no stopping that kind of relationship. And so I already saw somebody raise a hand. Uh, This is a webinar. And so I can't get you in a position where you can actually speak from raising your hand, but I do see the question and answer. And so I, I appreciate that. We'll be hitting some of those. Um, and I, I just I, I want to encourage you to, to to throw those in there. Uh, I may or may not see it if I'm if it's in a chat, but I'll definitely see it if you throw your question into the Q and A part down there uh, at the bottom of your screen. If you're on mobile, I'm not sure where that interface lies, but just take a look around your screen there on Zoom and see if you can find that in Q and A. And so let's let's hit this first spur, you know spur of the moment question here. And so. Um, this is from a, a gentleman says I haven't viewed porn or masturbated in about six years. Congratulations, man! That's a, that's a huge, huge milestone. Uh, Any tips for overcoming the fantasy thoughts that plague him and that may be destroying his marriage? And so this this is this is really good because this this gets really down to Sermon on the Mount in Matthew when Jesus says, "Hey, it's not enough for you not to commit adultery, the physical act." Uh, if you don't commit that, that's not enough. It, it's, I'm after your thought life. I'm after your heart, and so, um, man, I, I this is a great question. I encourage you to to continue asking questions like this, Cliff. You have any thoughts on this one offhand?
1: Yeah, a lot. Uh, this was one of my biggest. Uh, I wasn't heavy porn, um, but my fantasies, memories of past experiences, uh, uh, you know, that was an ogling everything, uh, sexualizing everything, objectifying everything as sexual. Um, I, I kind of uh, played it out in my head like there's a, a boxing ring or a UFC cage and I'm in there and something's trying to get in to defeat me and to make me a slave and mess up my life I call him the dopey kid uh, the immature ignorant um, self-centered person that i I've, my sinful nature my old nature uh portrayed as and uh I just treated as a as an enemy that thought that picture that fantasy that memory I I picture it as an enemy my enemy that's and I have to stand in between the gap between that and my family my wife and my marriage and I I refuse to allow it to linger in my head Um, a couple tricks was to uh, say switch out loud uh, telling me my brain to switch thoughts switch trains of thought uh, switch tracks so to speak I would picture something that I used to do um, creatively, like take apart my remote control cars, step-by-step uh, step how to remove that engine. And just a, a 30 seconds, 10 seconds even, or maybe a couple minutes of going through that process of something that I had done in the past uh, and enjoyed doing um, that was totally innocuous um, to sexuality. Uh, that would help me to change my my like train of thought onto something completely different uh, another thing was to say switch and then pray God thank you for the training and engage spirit engage my spirit who I really am in prayer acknowledging the fact that yeah I'm going to be confronted with these things and I need to learn how to fight and and you have to fight it in a moment can't wait a rubber band on the wrist to to just add to that a little a little tingle of negative your brain responds to that And uh, all these things I learned from uh, the different series.
0: Man, that is is so spot on, brother. And you mentioned, you know, a a truly wonderful technique, um, and that's prayer. And I'll get to some of the the reasons behind that here in a minute. But the prayer can't include the object of your fantasy. It should, because that is somebody's daughter. It's somebody's son, uh, depending on, you know, what it is that you struggle with. For some guys that might struggle with same-sex attraction, um, that is a child of God, that object of your fantasy. And my gut tells me that plan A for them was probably not being the object of your fantasy. That's probably not at the very forefront of what they really want to do with their lives, is to have somebody else out there objectifying them and lusting over them. And whenever we have a chance to pray for somebody like that, it really can set our hearts right. When we talk to the sovereign king of the universe and we thank him for the things that he's done in our life and we genuinely and sincerely pray for the person and not about them. we don't pray that, Lord, that's somebody that doesn't wear many clothes and I just, I I wish they would cover up some more. It's not their problem. It's ours. And we don't have a heart that's in the right standing with Christ at that moment in time. And that's what we're asking God about is to align our heart the correct way, the same way that he sees them. And if we can get to a point where we're looking at objects of fantasy, the way that God looks at them, it'll help change your temptations really quickly. Which brings us to kind of the biblical point here. Um, We're taught that um, from Corinthians that he will never give us a temptation that he will not provide a way out of for us. Um, And so for us, if he's going to take care of our temptations, we are responsible for what we do with the desire behind that temptation. Man, it'd be really easy for us all to lock ourselves in a room, open up one of those little sliding drawers for somebody to give us food every three or four hours, and then never go outside and be able to fulfill the great commission of making more disciples of all the nations. That'd be really easy to do. And in some ways, for some of us, that may feel the only way that we're safe, but we can't fulfill. We can't do what we're supposed to do in Christ. And so temptations are going to be out there. You cannot go to the grocery store. You can't not you know ride around sometimes, especially with your significant other. Maybe you're taking her on a date. Okay. The temptations are going to present themselves. What is your desire going to be? And so the fantasy thoughts are, they're out there for every single man. And if there's somebody who's conquered this, man, please contact me. Um, somebody's going to put my email address here in, in a little bit in the chat. I'd love to hear from you. If somebody has conquered all their fantasy thoughts and there's never one of those ideas that pops in their head, I want to connect with you. I do. Uh, And I want to know what the secret sauce is. I believe we have to address our desire. And so um, I love the the question. Um, And I think it kind of lends itself to the very next question. Uh, it's kind of hand in hand. And, and these are all off the cuff. This is not stuff that uh, that Cliff and I have practiced. These are actual questions that are coming in uh, real time. This is a, an incendiary conversation we're about to launch into because uh, you're going to have people from the pulpit that are saying things opposite to what Cliff and I are getting ready to present. And the, the kind of the question, uh, is it okay to masturbate if you're thinking of your wife? And so uh, here we go. Uh, Cliff, I'm going to give you first crack at this and then I'll I'll follow up and you'll probably have some more to say after that.
1: Yeah, um, I I dealt with this question myself and struggled with it until I uh, really worked out uh, the reason why I was masturbating. And the reason why I was masturbating was to please me for uh, pacifying me at times when I didn't feel uh, when I was hungry, angry, lonely, tired, stressed. uh, That's how I was used to pacify myself i didn't think there's anything wrong with it um but at times i felt convicted and felt it was wrong and uh then i realized after going through three and a half years of not masturbating um it's not part of a necessary entity in my life uh, at all Uh, in fact it's sin um and and i've i've had guys in my groups that reconcile uh had to reconcile that uh that it is sin because we're taking something that god gave us to enrich a relationship with our wives and we're abusing it Uh, we're using it for our own purposes uh and instead of dealing with the wounds and lacks instead of dealing with the anxiety and learning how to cope with them maturely and in christ um we were just trying to make ourselves feel better and uh um, you know that that brain cycle with the chemicals as we continue to do that it just makes it an addiction to it, to the chemicals that your brain is producing in your body. And we want that again. And then now we have to deal with the urges, uh, which shouldn't have been there in the first place.
0: Absolutely. I, I, I think that God's intention for sexuality with us. Um, and, and this is, listen, this is why open for debate? And, and this is a conversation that I'm more than willing to have with anybody. And, and, and I don't pretend to have all the answers, but I'm, I'm nearly certain that it was one man, one woman, in one lifetime. And fractured, absolutely, especially in a group like this. But man, we serve a God that wants to heal us, and he loves us, and he wants us to to look to him for the answers. Thank goodness we were all laid flat at some points in our lives. Uh, And that's why we're all here, because we've recognized that in and of ourselves, we have no hope. And so if you're still struggling with masturbation, you're still kind of wondering, you're on the fringe about it, um, where is your wife in masturbation? And some people will say, "Well, it, I'm allowed to, or she's allowed me to." When I think about her, um, if you're able to hold that true, where it's just her, um, again, y- your mind is way more powerful than anyone that I've ever come across. And so, I don't want to, I don't want to denigrate anybody out there if they have that capability. Like, again, hey man, let, let, let's start an email conversation, okay? But secondly. Even if that's the case, then the best that can come out of that situation, in terms of glorification, is that she gets some sense of, I believe, sinful pride that she is all things to you, even in between your ears, and that you can pleasure yourself and have it be God glorifying, while only thinking about her. Um, the one man, one woman, one lifetime, one bed—it—it it doesn't jive with masturbation. Uh, masturbation is a wholly selfish act. It's meant to, um, to basically consummate one person and one person alone. Um, and if it does you know, do that for two people, then it's strictly uh, something that I think is what the Bible or, or what we refer to as porneo. Um, and that is anything outside of God's plan for marriage. And so anything outside of the sacred marriage bed. Uh, marriage in and of itself is a selfless act. Uh, which good godly sexuality has nothing at all to do with your climax with your ejaculation uh, that is a, a a a yes and amen natural byproduct byproduct for most men but it is not the end-all be-all that's something that we all learned from a very young age uh, when we were corrupted and, and our entire sexual existence was disrupted by the pornography industry um, that 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 is not Uh, what the Bible had. And so I I just want to encourage folks, um, the masturbation piece, it really just centers on you and the other person is not even present. Go ahead, Cliff. It also um,
1: becomes a substitute. Instead, if you feel distant from your wife or resentful or you're not getting along or whatever it is, instead of dealing with the problem and enjoying intimacy with her, it's just easier to go please yourself and not only does the problem doesn't get resolved, but you're actually cheating on your wife. Um, you're actually committing adultery um, with your wife. Even if you're thinking about her, it's, it's you know, like Doug Weiss says, God, me, why God, wife, me, pee. So your, your body and your mind belong to God. Your, your body and your heart belongs to your wife. And you get to have proper hygiene and, and direct it. Yeah.
0: Man, I love this. And there's a great conversation going on in the chat right now. And uh, it, it kind of says, well, what if she's completely disengaged? What if she has, has other priorities? Man, what a great opportunity for you to align yourself uh, with, with what it is that she's all about. How are you going to make her deal a much bigger deal than your current deal? How are you going to make her feel the level of safety and security that would inspire her to even possibly open herself physically to you? And yeah, man, that may seem like a far bridge for some of us because we have maybe gooned it up so badly that they are completely checked out and disinterested when it comes to sexuality. What a wonderful opportunity for God to express his glory in a redeemed relationship. And it starts with your response to the gospel. That there's really no other way. There's not like some magic checklist that you, can, that you can go down. There is no Harry Potter wand to make this right immediately. Um, this is the, the, the good, godly, noble hard work of getting right with Jesus, having him change you from the inside out, your response to the gospel demanding her response one way or the other. And then regardless of what her response is, you still Big L love her. It's not like in Ephesians, he said, hey, you only love her if she responds to you positively. I didn't find that clause in there. And so, um, again, man, there's no notion that that we have all this nailed down. But everybody's situation is probably about 90% similar and and still a little bit unique for each one of us. But this is a tried and true method, I believe. And so uh, if if you came looking for something else, uh, came looking for an easier way, uh, I sincerely apologize. but. Cliff. Anything I, to I had to,
1: yeah, I had to reconcile it at some point, um, sometime between a year and a half ago and two years ago, um, that if I never, ever had sex again with my wife or, you know, and that's the only sex I was going to have, but if I never had that again, because we're 60, um, her libido went down at, at one point and it was like, I don't know whether I want to continue that, uh, it wasn't fun for her, um, she didn't have that desire. Um, I said, that's it. I don't need that to live. I need food, water, shelter, uh, most of all Christ, but I don't need that to live and love my wife. Uh, and I, I reconciled, what if she was in an auto accident or some, something other extreme where it was impossible uh, for us to, to get together sexually? Um, would I still be faithful? Or would I resort to things that I had always been resorting to before I got uh, in recovery? Um, and, and I recognized that, yes, I'm going to be faithful to my wife completely, uh, regardless. And, um, and things got much better because it helped me to focus on her as a person, as, a, as my life mate, as a instead of an object or some something in my life, it was my life uh, where I got to connect with her on so many other levels and, and establish oneness uh, in our marriage, in our relationship and things are beautiful now. Um, so it was a fear that I had to just overcome and put aside.
0: Hey man, I, I love to say that recovering um, either addicts or folks who struggle with sexual sin, sexual stronghold, h- however you want to couch it. You know, some people say they're not comfortable with the term addict. Some people say that they, they, they want to be known you know, about where, Christ rescued them from, et cetera. But wherever it is that a struggle was and whatever you want to call it, uh, I I believe that it's an understanding that that this is where God has brought me and I'm going to respond to him. And whether or not she is a a willing participant that shouldn't change my level of behavior, Um, it's got nothing to do with her response. It's got everything to do with my obedience. And so I want to encourage everybody in that regard. And mm-hmm. as you go down that road, you may find that there's no there's no response there at all. And then that's when that's when there's a decision to be made. And listen man, divorce is not God's plan. It is not and I, and I never even want to come remotely close to espousing it. okay But I just want there to, to you know to be an understanding here. About you, you're not called to be a punching bag. You're not called to be someone who who is completely abused from an emotional standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint. And so, um, and which kind of leads us into our next question. And again, these are all the ones that are that are, that are popping up you know real time here. Uh, my wife and I have been roommates for seven years. I've gotten my life back on track with God, work, kids, and porn. Uh, hopefully that means abstaining from porn. Hopefully that's not part of the getting life back on track. Um, what is the first step I take in mending things with my wife, who has become numb to our marriage? So, uh, and, I, and I'll kick this one off, Cliff, and then I'll kick it over to you. Um, I think your first step is, and it is a a well planned, well intentioned, godly approach to how do you flush out some of the apathy here. When you say numb, when you say um, things like, you know, your life's back on track, but maybe it seems like she's disconnected. Um, the apathy piece is the biggest red flag. I'd rather have her still firing mad and still able to say things to me that maybe she is a little scared to say. And um, so a well go- thought out plan to remove that apathy, I think, is an enormous uh, way forward. Part of that becomes just the honest conversations about I'm I'm looking for a deeper intimacy with you. And and with an explanation of that does not mean naked intercourse, Okay, all the things that we normally equate with intimacy. It's it's a sense of I I want to truly know you. I want to truly be available to you myself. I want to be transparent for you, make you safe, let you know that you are secure with me. Um, So I think that that is kind of an initial cut. Um, And then waiting to see what happens on the other side of that uh, is important and giving it some, some time and some, and some patience behind it. Maybe she hasn't seen that from you yet. I don't know. Um, and so Cliff, what do you have? What do you think about this one?
1: Time and Holy spirit, um, stay the course, uh, learn, um, you know, some guys never really learned how to romance their wives, how to, um, reach out and let them know they're cared for they're they're desired uh not not sexually but as a as a intimate relationship uh emotionally and uh, mentally so there's there's tons of resources on on love how to love your wife and um you know his needs her needs stuff like that um there's a lot of a lot of the love languages um what's her love languages uh and and pour into that seek seek counsel uh counseling from a
0: marriage therapist um might be very helpful that's yeah, super interesting you bring that up about therapists and, and i'm a big believer in, in the gift of modern medicine and in some ways the gift of uh, of modern therapy as applied to um how it bounces off the bible um, you'll, you'll see some therapists out there that'll will say things to you like, well, you should consider uh, masturbation. Uh, you'll get some therapists out there that'll say things to you like, um, well, you should probably grieve uh, a former affair partner, and she needs to respect that grieving. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit of hornswoggle come out of some of the modern therapy piece. You really have to bounce that off of, uh, out of good godly guidance. Um, I, I love coming across good uh, ACBC folks. Uh, American Christian Bible counselors are fantastic. Um, you can look and see uh, some of the uh, the therapists that are out there may not be able to advertise necessarily they're they're, they're bible believers um, and and you're gonna you're gonna find that out in the first session with somebody um, and so therapy is is a great way forward especially if she's willing to go with you and believe it or not you may think it's actually for her trust me it'll probably uh, open up a, a few doors in, in between your ears and you'll be able to figure a few things out uh, in in terms of Man, am I really providing her the most safe and secure environment for her to flourish and for her to to relieve some of that numb nature and to really dive back into our marriage, our redeemed marriage, the one that we should have had from the first. So,
1: Warpath spoke a lot about uh, developing empathy and uh, how to how to explore that that journey to her heart. And uh, when she starts seeing that, that might be helpful also that you care about her for her. Um, a lot of appreciation goes a long way. So,
0: yeah, yeah, the appreciations I think are huge. I mean, um, for ladies, you know, the words of affirmation and not just the ones that fall out of our lips uh, in some ways that, that's cheapened for some ladies. Some ladies like to see them written down. Uh, some of them, uh, maybe would we'll, want to see them in the sky, <laughs> and I'm not saying to go out and, and, and rent a a, a skyscraper, you know, every weekend just to write her love notes up in the air. Uh, if you got that kind of money, man, let, let's talk about a different conversation. And so, but what I am saying is that learning how she wants and needs to be loved um, is kind of job one here. Um, man, I I try even now to love my wife the way I want to be loved. So I cook uh, pork butt for her. I make ribs. Uh, I'm not afraid to throw a brisket on the smoker every now and then. Uh, steaks, you know, that are charred and everything j- just perfectly. Uh, that's how I try and love her. And I'm I'm such an idiot for that. You know, first off, she eats about a third of what I do. And secondly, that, that's not her love language. And I goon it up constantly because it's back to the the great I am. And I, and I say that not in a, in a godly way, I say it in a selfish way. I become the great I am in my own mind. it's all about me and everything's revolving around me. And when I'm not becoming a student of her, I can easily slip back into that. And so thinking about how to love her her way is a big deal. So, all right. Next question. I feel unforgiven. My wife says she has forgiven me, but she is still angry at me. I have asked forgiveness very sincerely more than once. And she can't seem to get past her anger towards me. Please help me know how to love her well. Initial
1: thoughts on this one, Cliff? Time um, and consistency. It's, you know, this recovery and and healing of our spouse, healing of our marriage relationship, um, it takes Holy Spirit and, and time. And by that, I mean consistent growth on your part um, to become that guy that she would appreciate uh, Mm -hmm. more than the guy that she despised uh, that we were in the past. Um, And, you know, like we talked about in the last conversation, it was pouring yourself into learning about what her heart is saying. and when she's angry, uh, not defending yourself, um, not coming up with an excuse or a reason or trying to fix it—you can't fix it. You gotta, you gotta grow. Um, that's how you fix it by by being transformed by the renewing of your mind, becoming Christ-like uh, more and more each day, um, and and working on that course and that consistency. And and while you're still reaching out to her and and trying to find out what. What she needs in that relationship to to be healed uh, could be counseling on her part, um, you know there's a Soul finder has a lot of good resources on that, so you can contact them. Um, and uh, maybe she can reach out and speak to other women that have gone through similar things and, and are dealing with that anger, it could be from her past. That's um, That it, you made a connection your your actions made a connection with her past and it, it's something that she has to maybe process um but you got to stay the course and uh, and keep and keep loving lovers is, love is not a feeling it's an action verb so you know God says husbands love your wives it's a command it's it's not a an if there's no if in that verse
0: amen amen um I noticed some, some people are saying that, uh, that we were frozen for a second. Please let us know who it is that's freezing, and we can try and, uh, and, and make a change to maybe our feed. Okay. It sounds like it's me, and so thank you so much. Um, we heard um, you, but we didn't put your picture froze. Okay. Thank you. Uh, we'll work through that here. But th- this is an, an incredible question, and, and I think in some ways there's actually a blessing here. We mentioned a little bit earlier uh, apathy is the big red flag. It's not her anger. Her, her anger shows that she is still invested and there's actually a way forward here because she is starting to get this notion that if she expresses her anger that you're not going to walk out the door and either go watch something you shouldn't watch, go pay for a dance you shouldn't have, yeah. um, or go, you know, check out with a prostitute or uh, you know, go revisit an old affair partner or something. And so that anger, um, most of the time, comes from a feeling of resentment for what you did. Um, And likewise, your anger comes from a sense of fear because you're thinking, man, if if she ever truly knew me and all my thoughts, could she still love me? And so it's completely natural, I believe. And loving her well means loving her aligned with how God calls us to love. Mm And that's where the level of forgiveness that is, is completely unnatural. You know, even, even when when my favorite disciple Peter said, you know, seven times, Lord, should I forgive? And he comes over the top and says, actually, it's kind of like double infinity. Whether you want to say 70 plus seven, 70 times seven, 70 times two, you know, all the different mathematical permutations that all all that means is more than you can ever do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, that's a level of forgiveness that as you exhibit, again, it will demand a response from her. And then she has a, a, a decision to make at that point. Is she going to respond to the gospel and forgiveness or is she not? And again, it has nothing at all to do with how you come back and respond to her then. And so I just encourage you. To-
1: Responding to her anger in either anger yourself uh resentment um defensiveness any of those you know you're not hearing her and she hears you not hearing her so she she sees that you're not you're not getting it yet um the, so you got to come from nothing except for love uh, be slow to anger slow to speak quick to forgive and if she's lashing out she's expressing something that she's experiencing and yeah it may be about you you need to listen with your heart empty your empty yourself try to feel what she's feeling don't make any corrections or judgments and when she's finished ask if there's anything sh- that you can do to, to help her and that's from Warpath.
0: empathy i love it yeah some of the folks in the audience maybe what, what is this warpath if you don't have Uh, Access to soulrefiner.com. Let me encourage you, the the principles that we're talking about, the techniques, the tools, um, kind of the back pocket pre-planned responses, they're all living right there on soulrefiner.com in the form of a a few studies that that, uh, have been produced by Kingdom Works. And um, there's the Conquer series for folks that are relatively new to sexual integrity. Maybe you're doing some white knuckle sobriety work right now where you're just trying to get between meals without having to graduate to the bathroom and masturbate. Maybe you are at a spot where, okay, I've got a little bit of sobriety behind me. I've got a few months and I'm feeling like I'm about ready to step into true recovery where God can start to redeem my relationships. Then I, I would point you to Warpath. Maybe you and your, your, your inordinately wonderful and forgiving wife are ready to really get into a, a new marriage, so to speak. Yeah, but you just can't figure out why you, why you can't connect fully. Um, Scripturally, emotionally, physically, I would point you to stronger together. You know, maybe you have some parenting issues. Um, I I have you look to legacy. Uh, That's the other study there. And so, take a look at all those different avenues. You know, find what's best for you. Reach out to some of us here. Uh, You see in the chat. My email is already up there. We'd love to walk alongside you through that stuff. But all these uh, episodes. These you know, are all, all archived on Facebook Soul Refiner site. We also put them on Amazon for the audio podcast, RSS, Spotify, et cetera. Uh, these are all supplementing uh, those studies. You shouldn't hear too much out of this that, that is not perfectly aligned with that. So, um, all right, Cliff, how do I help my wife understand my sin of lust so that she can feel the trust required for being one in marriage?
1: um first i would suggest watching conquer series episode one with her um it gives such a complete um revelation of of what's happened in our country what we've been exposed to as men uh and and some women um and and the problems that we we face as men to try and deal with that and cope with our wounds um it's not about sex it's about medicating um, for most, for most of us, um, and, uh, you know, Doug Weiss says that there's six, six different types of sexual addict and all different reasons. Uh, so it's not, a, a just a, a plain palette. There's, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of flavors in it and finding out what the reasons were and what the causes are and, and being able to process that in group, uh, is amazing. And uh, the education that Conquer series and Warpath and Stronger Together Legacy is—it's life-changing. So um, I would encourage, if you haven't already, to watch Conquer series one with her, episode one, to give her understanding and let her know that hey, I don't want to be that guy anymore. Uh, I want to be—you know—you make me want to be a better man, and you want me to—you—you you make me want to be more more Christ-like. And uh, let her know that that's the direction that you're headed and then go that way and stay going that way and continue to you'll die. Uh, and she'll eventually see
0: that and uh, you'll earn her trust back. I did. Amen. Amen. You know, you either earn her trust back um, fairly quickly or it's even more of a sanctifying journey for you. Because of the patience required through this, as, as you recognize that, oh my goodness, I have so much further to go than I ever imagined. Yeah, it's great. You're not looking at porn anymore. You're not masturbating in between meals. Uh, you're not dialing up hookers. Um, you recognize that even when I'm doing those right things, I still got a big problem with a, a lot of these other pieces of my life. It's almost like Christ shines that intense light in that that dirty, dirty corner, the dirtiest corner in your house. And he starts to clean you up. And as he pulls that light back, you see more and more of your house and you recognize just how much more work he has to do mm-hmm. and just how much bigger that cross continues to get. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I never want that cross to stop growing in my life. I never want him to stop discovering pieces of my life that he, he desperately wants to clean for me. Um, and yes. so I...
1: Like, like they, they say, uh, the, the closer you get to Christ more sinful you realize you are and uh and I I used to hate being convicted because it just was to me condemnation but I love conviction I love when Holy Spirit convicts me of something that I'm doing that that's not right and uh because I I can identify it grab hold of it and create something new out of it uh be transformed um God doesn't want to condemn me at all he wants to convict you and uh and learn to love conviction uh, learn to love uh, the, the bad times that, that your actions, your, our choices have created in our marriage, uh, the tough stuff. Um, like I think I heard somebody say, uh, embrace the suck. Um, you know, when life sucks, embrace that because it's motivation to fight even harder and, and learn and uh, be transformed, to dig in.
0: Amen. Amen, man. I, I, I dearly, dearly love that. Um, and just to keep digging in that kind of brings us to our next question. Um, this is a great one because we talked about apathy being a red flag. And so if her apathy is the red flag is our only option to pray and love her the way Christ does, or is there something else I can do? Um, this, I'll let you mull this one over for a second while I talk. Um, Cliff, no, your only option is not to pray and love her the way Christ does and to use hope as a method that she responds. That, I mean, and I know that that's not what you wrote in there, but that that was what I kind of what I injected as, as I read the, you know, the text of the question, Um, loving her the way Christ does means pursuing her, Mm -hmm. walking her down, um, accepting her back when the apathy is no longer a red flag all the time, meaning, when she comes back eventually, and she says, "Okay, I'm ready to really work on this," are you going to say it's about time, or are you going to say, "Praise Jesus, let's run together"? What's it going to be? Are we going to continue to be defensive? Or are we going to continue to be like in my case, cynical and sarcastic, and try and use humor um, at the most inopportune times to, to to really lighten the situation for one of us so it can be more palatable, or am I going to really come after? Uh, Her, the same way Christ came after me in a loving way, hands open, no expectation that I ever love him back. Just like with the way we love her with no expectation that she returned that to us whatsoever. Um, And I think when she sees that, it just breeds a natural sense of safety and security and the apathy. It it, it has to make a decision.
1: Yeah, Yeah, apathy is from hopelessness. She's, she's lost hope uh, that, that things would be different. And like I said before, as we grow in likeness, as we grow in our relationship with God and, and die to ourselves, deny ourselves, our, our old nature, um, what we want, our desires, um, not that we're um, giving up on life, but we're, we're putting her interests ahead of ours, um, any any sinful desires we're, we're defeating and and getting rid of and we're we're pursuing uh, christ's righteousness in our lives to have him living through us um uh as we do that we create a space that she she can now enter into and uh and see um a difference in us and that can very well create hope that uh that Yeah, there's the guy that I wanted to marry. You know, there's the guy that I wish he was. And, you know, I want God to make me the guy that he wants me to be. And when I, when, as I pursue that, she is drawn to that.
0: So, stay the course. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cliff. And so, let's, uh, let's talk about a very tactical thing here. Uh, meaning that this is a one of those momentary decisions. This is not some big operational plan, or it's not some strategic, overarching initiative. This is a very in the in the moment. How do I do this? And so a brother writes in and says, "When in crisis, from an unreported relapse, in other words, a lie, um, and it can be as small as a lie, or it can be as big as you know, falling back uh, into some of those old activities. What love actions? Those are air quoted." Can I take toward my wife that she will see as sincere and not as placating her or distracting from the real issues? Uh, This this is a a tremendously difficult question. So an unreported relapse, uh, let's go backwards from there. And so how long are we talking about the unreported? (laughs) Are we talking about more than 24 hours? Are we talking about a week? Are we talking about a month? Are we talking about something that we missed in disclosure that suddenly has you know forced its way in, into our, our brain housing group, and it's something that we're that we're struggling with? Do I do I tell her this? Do I admit this? Do I come clean about this? Um, I, I think the first love action you can take is just an understanding individually that any secret that you have between you um, is is going to kill you. It's going to kill you personally. It's going to kill the relationship, and so your ultimate transparency and accountability and ownership of the things that have happened. Um, that is the, the the truest, most noble step that you can take, because you made a lot of decisions without her at some point. And I don't know how long it's been for y'all. I don't, I don't know where you are now. Um, but she deserves and needs all the truth. Um, because of all the decisions that we made unilaterally by ourselves, it's time for her to get all the facts, all the truth, Um, There's no more between us that we're trying to hide. And then she makes a decision. And then based off of what she's seeing from you, her decision could be made easier. And you'd be shocked how many women are making decisions to stand by and to fulfill their continued marital understanding that they're just supposed to love regardless. Um, The Bible provides for them an opportunity to move along and do something different with their lives. Because so many women are looking at as, as as not even plan B, they're looking at as plan Z. Um, they want to stay married. And I guess the big question then becomes is knowing that, that most women want that, especially the ones that, that, that we're talking about in this forum, what are we going to do? Because the onus falls over to us. And those loving actions are being able to talk about this stuff and take whatever kind of response that you may have coming. That's, that's the number one loving thing. And so, Cliff, what do you have to say?
1: Satan's the father of lies and he wants, uh, you know, he wants to to get in between you and your wife because of his jealousy for, us over, over us being able to have that kind of relationship, um, and our relationship with God as well. Um, and like i said time and experience being being accountable setting up accountability meetings with her uh, uh being accountable to other men um holding tight reins on being honest uh one of the questions in the uh, the weekly in conquer series is have you lied to any have you committed any lies you know have you lied to anyone um and that's an accountability Add- addiction creates a secret world and we tended to protect and defend it against anybody else uh so we lied and uh and getting free from that dishonesty that hiding that uh that being afraid because it's lying is the fear-based you know we we were protecting our addiction rather than protecting our wives our marriage and and the fear of losing that because we made a choice to relapse um and lying about it is kind of productive uh, because it keeps us in our secret world it doesn't help us to overcome our desire to keep those secrets and it it feeds another relapse feeds another lie um, whereas if you determine that you're going to be honest for the rest of your life period no matter what um and love her unconditionally uh, regardless of how she's responding to your past choices um then you create a space, like I said, for that trust to be rebuilt, but it's accountability. You got to, you got to make a choice, a quality decision that, uh, you're going to be truthful, even if it hurts.
0: Yeah. Especially if it hurts. Um, I love the, uh, the the filter as you pass decisions through a filter about, you know, what am I going to do in situations? Does it glorify God and not me? And am I completely disinterested in this? Because I know it's going to hurt. <laughs> it's, it's usually the right way forward. Um, and so uh, I just encourage folks in that. And let, let's move on to a couple more here in terms of disclosure. Um, Gentlemen, ask in my class, there's some confusion about full disclosure. How much detail do you suggest to tell your wife? Uh, first off, do not please, and if you've already done it, Try and do a better disclosure at some point with somebody who's been there and done that at least once before that can help you, that can be there for her. Um, Nobody ever walks that disclosure high-fiving each other saying, man, we nailed that. It is messy, it is ugly, and it's different couple to couple. But there are some very basic pitfalls uh, in, in disclosure. And one of them is just dumping everything, including the... Un, unwanted unrequired and unneeded details mm. um and so your wife is going to help drive this uh, some wives are going to want to know more than others uh, some are going to even have a, have a, an ostrich mentality with head in the sand and they don't want to hear anything um, and so I, I think that getting with another couple or at least a therapist that can help you through this is is really important um And you can spend as much or as little as you want to on this. I've seen couples go through and just go through with a volunteer couple. And I've seen couples go through and spend thousands of dollars with a a disclosure continuum uh, that took them weeks, nay months uh, to get through. And so the detail really becomes up to your wife as she goes through and gets educated on um, disclosure. She's going to help kind of drive the conversation. Uh, hopefully somebody is tell, is talking to her about, you don't need to know the details. Uh, some of those are morbid curiosity. You do know the things that you want to know, the things that are going to maybe alarm you later on if you find out about them. And so, and again, a lot of that is predicated on your behaviors leading into this, your posture of relinquishing defensiveness. And so Cliff, what do you have to say about this one?
1: Yeah, details are, are future triggers for your wife that she doesn't deserve uh, to uh, be subject to. Um, facts are are important. Um, being able to write a factual disclosure, just the facts uh, of what what happened, you know, what choices you made is crucial in, in helping her to establish a bookends on her story. Um In Warpath, they have a whole module on disclosure um and there's different types of disclosure your your full story share that with another man um again details don't need to be the the gory details uh specifics just the but the whole story uh with your wife it's from when you got married or when you started uh when you were engaged um what you've done and recognizing that very well affected her that's a a validating amend um there's a that factual disclosure may happen because you got caught and um you you shared stuff Uh, you may have withheld some other things so basically you want to you want to learn the right ways of disclosure when I when I was uh talking to Doug Weiss about disclosing to my wife he said to get the uh, disclosure DVDs off of his website and watch them. And that gave me such a good understanding of how to properly disclose and uh, and for her because it's for her. Uh, We want to help her understand and be honest, but we want to help her, give her an opportunity to heal. Uh, I don't want to damage her uh, with, with details that, you know, there was a an Italian uh, woman that I, whatever, and now she will not need Italian food for the rest of her life, because it will remind her of that. Uh, so you don't want to mess her up, uh, but you do want to be honest and, and transparent. So definitely learn before you do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things I like to always talk to guys about, and this is one of the questions, kind of a follow-on to this one, is there, is there a drawback of fully disclosing your sexual past to your wife, and how should that be done? Again, I, I there are so many disclosure models out there. Um, I think a, a, a man who is truly serious about uh, recovery will want there to just be no more secrets. Right. Disclosing your sexual past is a great way forward in that. Um, and it may be as simple as the number of partners you've had, or it may be, hey, can you give me a timeline of when you're involved with the different partners? I, I don't know. And, and again, your, your, your significant other is going to drive that. Um, but having another woman that's been through it or a therapist that, that has, is trained in how to deal with this is super important for them. They need to have some place to go and someone to talk with when this is over. Uh, you are probably not going to be the one at that moment so and
1: i rec i I highly recommend writing it out what you're going to share and then having it reviewed by somebody who's further down the road in this area uh sexual addiction therapist um um, your pastor um, and just get have god speak through them to you about uh any, any modifications you have to make
0: All right, this will be our last question. And this is something that I I, I love doing. I love that we have men here that are in different stages of relationship. Um, We've got a gentleman here who is cohabitating right now with his girlfriend. And so if I read it right, they're they're not married yet. You know, how do I make things right? And we get married. Are we likely to divorce? I feel so guilty, but I am ready to make things right. But I do not know how. Kindly help. Cliff, you want to get first crack this one? Man, I've got lots of thoughts here.
1: Yep. Um, you can. Uh, what what I did when I was uh, thinking about marrying my wife is is I made a purity covenant with her. And I wrote down uh, how important it is for us to, to start with a clean slate, um, in a sense, becoming born-again virgins. Uh, and denying that part of our lives, so that we can uh, start clean and, and honoring each other, um, that may be uh, what I would consider the best option. It may be awkward, difficult, financially uh, straining. However, um, it would it would definitely be a, a an honoring of God and of her for for that to happen to, to write it out and Give it to her, sign it, and date it. And if she agrees, have her sign it and date it. If she doesn't agree, then you know you got to reconcile that and just keep praying about uh, God's leading for both of you.
0: Amen. In some ways, it's an incredible blessing because as I hear the seriousness in your in your question, um, I I think that you have a, a true heart for obedience here, and you get a chance to use a highly discriminative process here. If you can go to this girlfriend and say, I am wholly convicted that we should cease sexual activity. Stop what we've been doing up to this point. Go ahead and and seek out separate habitats and then court each other in a biblical way and then really get into what God has for us outside of where we might have made some previous mistakes and, and you're met with a, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that we both arrived at that conclusion. Man, what greater indication that this is a woman of God? And then likewise, if you're if if you if you met with some pushback, it doesn't mean that you throw the baby bath water, uh, all of it out and the soap too. It just means that it's an open conversation that you can start having. Obviously, it's got nothing to do with uh, the obedience piece from your your side, but being equally yoked in marriage, I mean, we're, we're called to do that already, and you've got a chance to get that piece right here, um, and if this is somebody you're so far down the line with that you feel that this would be a, a showstopper, maybe that show shouldn't go on, and so I, I encourage you, if it's a hard thing to do, but it's still in, in God's will, then that's probably the right thing to do. And I, I'm just so happy you're here. I, I guarantee you, um, that you probably have more wisdom than, than most of the married guys in this room uh, ever exhibited up to the point where they were either caught or for the very few of us that were able to, to disclose all of our indiscretion before we got caught. And so this is a wonderful opportunity for you, sir. Go ahead. Coach.
1: Remember that having sexual relationships before you're married kind of covers over you know you can you can mess up a cake but if you put that icing all over the top and that's what sex is it's the icing on the cake after the nutritious meal of a solid relationship in christ um the icing if that is covering up you can have a a lot of faults in your relationship that aren't going to be resolved if you get married that sex is covering over so to to separate for a time as, as god says to get right with God and then come back together, you're you're building on a on a better foundation of working on your relationship without saying, well, the sex is good, so uh, I'll over I'll overlook that she chews her toenails, you know. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it it's it covers over a lot of stuff that doesn't get resolved. But if you are able to build that relationship without that it allows for a good solid relationship and then that's the the icing on the cake that god puts on your wedding um and uh if it doesn't stay together when you separate maybe there's a good reason why not to get married to that person because there's issues there that aren't getting resolved
0: so um amen thanks cliff yeah sex before marriage will ruin a good relationship and it'll take a bad relationship and prolong it. And it just, it, it's not God's plan for us. And I I just want to encourage you in that regard to, to maintain that level of obedience, that, that that conviction you're feeling, that good godly Holy spirit conviction, which rhymes with good godly guilt, not to be confused with satanic condemnation, uh, which says that you're unfit and you'll never be good enough. And so, um, Team, this has just been an incredible, uh, session. I, I sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much for bearing with us, uh, with the, some of the technical issues. I understand there was some freezing there. Uh, I apologize for that. We will work on that tech piece for next month. Uh, but I just want to say thank you to cliff. Uh, and thank you to all the participants. Um, I mean, you, you guys just, you, you bless me so much and, and I've been reading some of the chats and, and yeah, there's some people out there with some tough questions and guys are rushing to the aid. Um, Nobody's sugarcoating anything. Nobody's making it sound like, oh, don't worry. You can you can do whatever you want. It's okay in God's eyes. That's, that's just not the case. You got a bunch of good men here that are willing to to lovingly walk alongside and call call one other out um, as needed. And so thank you for, for being available to that men. And so I'm gonna go ahead and close this in prayer and we'll be on our way this month. So Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for these men. Uh, God, thank you specifically for Cliff and his willingness to come in here And to to really just lay it down in your name. when I say lay it down, I'm talking about laying down his own pride, laying down his own story, uh, laying down and surrendering the the remainder of his life um, for you, Lord. And in turn, out of obedience for his his inordinately forgiving, lovely and beautiful wife. Uh, God, I I pray that we can take that example and and run with it. Uh, And in running with that example, that, that we just naturally run to you because in and of ourselves, we don't have the answers. We will goon it up. We will go back to old ways. Uh, It's you changing us from the inside out that gives us a glimmer of a hope. And as long as we have you, Lord, and we have hope. And so your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Love you guys. Cliff, love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you See y'all next month.